I was, I was like, all like, dude, this guy's like some Greek, you know, some Greek <laughs> motherfucker, you know, like Belis, Belilis, <laughs> you know, making all these like skulls and sh- butterflies and flowers, like Belilis. <laughs> it's just, hey, it's it's Bill Ellis down the street making the fucking butterflies. I actually, I actually do think it's Bill Ellis. <laughs> I think it is. Too. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs, and that's nifty. That's nifty. They come to this place to talk about the crypto space And that's nifty That's nifty That's nifty Your hopes for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty What? Yeah. <laughs> G-Monk, I can't see you What's up? What's up, dude? <laughs> what is going on? Here we are. Oh, there on? Yeah. Just in an orange room, you know, no big deal. What's up, dude? How you doing? What's up? I'm good, man. My Last wife just sold her first piece on foundation. No way, really? Nice. Like five minutes ago. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Stoked. Yeah. Congrats. She's um, an illustrator. She's a very talented illustrator. Yeah, I know. I've seen your work. I love it. Um, yeah, you're very talented. Yeah, so, so you know, we got got all the gang together to fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah, quick silly. <laughs> That's definitely uh, the best intro we've had. The best self intro. We would we'll probably have to leave it to people to match that WWE entrance right there. <laughs> Ooh, that's what I strive for. <laughs> it's like pull the curtain back. Love it. It's nice to meet you, man. Thanks for taking some time with us. Of course, I love love your I love how you're holding your mics, <laughs> dude. Very loose. It's the set. This is literally I've said this to everyone who's come on. There is no structure to this podcast whatsoever. We just straight up wing it and hope for the wing best. Wing it. That that that's a good. And then you're always in the same room. This is like your your yeah. Zoom closet. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So what else goes on in the Zoom closet? A lot of shit, man. <laughs> this is where I make all my art, dude. It's in this. Yeah, place. right. Yeah. This tiny. So you, this is where you masturbate to all your art first, and then and then <laughs> create. Exactly, dude. You know it. <laughs> it is very erotic. <laughs> so you got some like orange light vibes going on in here, or because last time you were in this room, I think I, you know, I had a conversation with you, and and you were in this room as well, and mm. there was no orange vibe going on so i mean it could be ah. red be green you know it's not dark yet so you know once it's dark that's like this really takes over my all yellow one's really gnarly nice this is uh, light the red one it, it matched your uh your infrared series I, yeah I, I was digging that oh my god i've been so in that dude oh wow yeah, yeah i don't think I don't think April seventh. You, you haven't announced the, the like what's going to be in the drop yet, right? No, I'm going to start teasing it tomorrow. Yeah, but I've yeah. obviously I've obviously told them what what you're doing, and they're stoked on it. Um, yeah. Oh my god, it's been so much stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like such a big. I don't know. I hopefully hopefully it goes well. You know, like I've. I, 
Hopefully it goes well. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard this. We're going to be releasing this tomorrow as well, so it'll coincide pretty good. Oh, yep. sick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing a, a solo drop on Nifty Gateway on April 7th, and I'm auctioning, like, 16 one-of-ones that come with this crazy box set, like, this totally insanely, like, dude, I've, basically I was inspired by slime the slime sunday drop when okay. he made when he published the book like literally months ago i looked at that and i was like okay yes this is i want to do one of ones and include a book of all the all of it so i was inspired by that so 16 one of ones three editions of five that are all that come with these like metal prints come in a frame and then all new time lapse work and so i've been doing inframunk time lapse which is called inframunk tempest which is latin for time and uh, it's like we've been I've been working on the music with my composer and it's it's like we we set this we set this metronome sound to it. So it like starts and it's like wah, 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 wah. so it just kind of like puts you into like this idea that time is elapsing, you know, it like puts you in this kind of like metronome mode and then it just swings into this like dramatic fucking you know fog and clouds and shadows and it took me it took me like six months to master the technique. I literally drove to Mount Tam like seven different times and I'd go there and I'd be like, shit, I need a, I need a different ND filter. Shit. I need a totally different lens. <laughs> shit. I need, I need a new infrared filter. Like nothing was working. It was like all, everything was fucked up and to like get the, uh, it's just, it's, it's really hard actually to get the infrared filter to work with the ND filter to get the right lens that transmit both of the light through like cleanly. But here we are. I and mean, the music's I'm such an integral part too. Like, all your pieces have very dramatic uh, scores to them. It's always the yeah, same the, composer. It's always the same composer. Yeah, there's basically two composers that I've ever worked with, and one of them I've worked with for 15 years. His name sounds red. Keith Ruggiero lives in LA, and then the other composer I sometimes work with is Ben Lucas Boyson, who's this Berlin-based, just like fucking virtuoso. I mean, they're both so good that it's, it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's like, he's my brother, you know, dude was at my wedding, you know, he's like my fucking brother. We share the same mind. And then Ben is like, I bring him in for like one-off projects. Cause it's not like all, I can't, I, I can't, you guys, what, what are you smoking there? <laughs> this is actually, this is Larry's. What is this? Oh, that's just some, that's just a blunt. I don't know what it is. It's a salad though. <laughs> Definitely a nice mixed, salad. Mixed greens. Mm. Mm. Pass it, virtual pass. Oh, yeah, virtual. I appreciate that. Nice, perfect. That's the first execute. Yeah. I fucking, I fucking, uh, I, I dab, and so this is my dab rig. Yeah, Yo, that's what I dab break. I got one too. Yeah, the puff. So I did work for these guys, the Puffco, and so I, I made actually, I actually made the promo for this exact <laughs> device. It was like a four hundred dollar dab rig, and so they gave you know they gave me all the goods. And, uh, that's and my favorite way. Yeah, the dabs are just it, it oh, goes yeah. so it goes so deep, you know, just so fucking deep, cellular, dude. Yeah, dab Sunday. That's what we heard. I thought. Uh, well, I was actually dabbing yesterday. I was supposed to dab on Friday. Okay, so here's yeah, the Friday. deal. Here's the deal. So, like, you know, as I get older, I'm I'm trying to like not smoke weed every day, <laughs> right? Because I've been I've been smoking weed every day for like twenty. Four years. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so then once I started getting into the dabs, I was like, there's no way I can dab every day. Like that would just 
totally fuck my tolerance. Like it's just not the best idea. So I dab like twice a week. I, I like the schedule that I, that's probably something to strive for, to be honest. Yeah. And then pre-rolls are great. I, I don't own any pipes or anything. I just pre-rolls and dabs. Pre-rolls are fun. You go to the bar with some friends, you know, you're outside, smoke yeah. a pre-roll of some strawberry cough, you know, go back in, have some gin. That was how it was, you know, pre preco. Those those seltzers got me pretty good, Mike, from the ones that we picked up at the uh at the dispensary. Those were the first time I tried those and they worked really? to put me to sleep. The five percent was like five percent, right? It said five percent, but it definitely was more because that that, kid, that the, the lady said to me, she was like He's like, be careful, they sneak up on you. I'm like, okay, five milligrams. And then get those. Good night. It was an indica. It put me to, it was supposed to put you to sleep. But. See, I only smoke indica because sativas make me go crazy. The only <laughs> sativa strains that I can smoke are strawberry cough, which is my all time favorite sativa. Nothing is better than strawberry cough. And then I love the Durban poison. Two old, old school strains that are just set the bar and I, and I actually really like blue dream blue dream's really nice yeah and you're you're yeah. out in california so it's been it's been legal there for a while and you guys i mean larry when we were out in california remember like how big of a difference it was that, that was the first dispensary i went to yeah and yeah. um we got that the hippie chick just gave us a little tour i was like wow that's great we bought that <laughs> yeah we bought that uh <laughs> that was the first drink that i tried and it was just like sipping it out of the cap. It was weird. It was like supposed oh, to take a man. medical dose. Like a, I've never had a liquid edible. It's good. To this day. Oh my God, dude. I was on liquid for 15 years. When I was living in London, I would go with like vials and vials and vials and put them in drinks all the time. That's why my consumption was so out of control. It was so easy. Yeah. <laughs> put it in it's anything. True. <laughs> yeah. I love cannabis. I mean, what a what a beautiful gift, you know? It really is. Nature's yeah. gift. Such a cool plant, too. Like, fuck, man. It's just so... It's pretty. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's powerful. It's just... It's, it's epic shit. Yeah. And it's all different. See some uh, some some G-Monk photographing some weed plants next. Mm. That would be cool. That would be cool. Inframunk for the... Inframunk cannabis yes. series. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be that hard. I could just drive to Nevada City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about about G Monk. I think you know every artist in the game knows who you are and has at some point been inspired by your work. But now that you're like entering in the the NFT space and there's all these collectors, you know, do you find it hard to explain you know like where you've come from and how how long you've actually been doing this for? Like, I think it's important for people people to know that like you're kind of a legend, like everyone knows who G Monk is and you know, you want to explain how kind of like how you started out and yeah, I mean, you're asking me two very different questions. So let me answer the first question first. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I definitely think it, it was hard to enter the scene um, because it's just, I've structured my career as being so diverse, you know, that it just, it's like, okay, if you're going to go into the NFT space, like what's your voice, you know? And, and, and my voice is kind of, it's materializing is just, I, my, my, I don't really have a style, but I have a vibe and the vibe is, is deeply psychedelic. It's just like deeply, I want to, I, I want to basically, when I look at the work, I want to have my own little flashback. You know what I mean? Right. I kind of want to trigger something inside me. That's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's psychedelic. Not blatantly like, you know, Android Jones, like layers and layers of fractals, but more like a vibe with the music and more like with patterns and, 
and portals and textures. And um, I think that's kind of what I'm looking for, I think. Yeah, um, don't you have, you have like your own, like with Infra, you obviously have Inframonk, but there's also Psymonk, right? So is this kind of... Yeah, Psymonk is the psychedelic monk. That's my favorite exactly. shit. And, and my goal, e even before NFT, was to have as much Psymonk, like... Yeah, I would look at my portfolio and it's like, okay, yeah, that's Simonk, that's Simonk, that's Simonk. You know, it's usually the projects that are either just personal work or the client just lets you go crazy and it's like, make this fucking weird, um, which doesn't happen often. Um, but when it does, it's Simonk, you know. And then Inframonk, actually, and I'm going to explain this a lot in the next week and a half, but inf the shooting infrared is actually a very psychedelic experience because you come to a landscape, you have no idea what it's going to look like through the viewfinder. You literally have no idea. Like you, you don't know what it looks like until you look through the viewfinder and look at the full spectrum of light. And so it's always a discovery when you go to these, some landscapes you're like, oh my God, this is going to look amazing in infrared and it's totally boring. And some you're like, oh, okay, this is whatever. And then you look at it and there's some plant that is receiving some, some light in the infrared spectrum that is just turning something a crazy color. And it's just totally fun because you, you kind of uh, lose control a little bit, you know? So, do you, so when you're out there shooting, you actually see on the viewfinder what it's going to look like in infrared? Or is this something you see when you go back home and kind of export all the clip, all the, the photos? You, you, um, a raw photo in infrared looks funky because the foliage is purple and the sky is orange. Yep. And so what you do is you look for um, contrast. You look for contrast and tones. So the more contrast and kind of pop you have, the, you know, the, the better the kind of that punch will be when you flip channels or whenever, whatever you want to do to modify the channels. And then when you take it back home at the Lightroom, you're either channel swapping the red and blue channel or you're just pushing on the channels and tinting different channels just to you know, make either really crazy orange and purple scapes or red and blue scapes. Amazing. Yeah. It's super fun. It's, it's totally fun and it's totally hard. And that's what's so hard about the fucking time lapse because it's, it's just like you, you shoot it and you're like, okay, yeah, this is going to look work perfectly. And then you do your thing to it. And it's like, nope, try again. Who's Drive that? out to Mount Tam again, four more hours, you know? How long do you usually go with the time lapse? Like how many hours do you let it go? Well, I mean, it just depends on where we're going, I suppose, you know, to get to locations and stuff. But yeah, usually when you're doing a time lapse, you're filming about 20 minutes of time. Okay. Yeah, you can capture like 20 minutes of time. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing about photography in general, landscape photography is it's just, it's a quiet art. You know, you you hike out by yourself. I'm literally, you can totally picture this. Like, I'm, I don't really care what I look like. So I'm just in like the nerdiest looking dad gear, right? Like dumb sun hats and just like stupid looking clothes. And I'm out there and I'm just talking to myself, dude. I'm like talking to myself, <laughs> switching knobs, you know, sometimes I have headphones on. I'm just like, sit down on a rock, you know, just listen to the shutter go. Just, you're just sitting there doing nothing, you know, <laughs> you're just like talking to yourself. And it's, and it's so relaxing and beautiful because it, it just gets you out, you know, it just gets you out into nature and, um, it's really hard because you don't, you have such limited tones that composition becomes so much more important because the composition and the tones, it's all about contrast and structure. So it's, it's actually a really, it kind of brings me back to photography classes in school. You know, we're doing like, it's almost like black and white photography in a way, because you're just looking for patches of contrast to compose to, you know, your composition. For sure.
So did you, so did you actually, did you go to school to study, to study art or is, are you mostly self-taught? I, uh, I went to Humboldt state, which is in, you know, five hours North of San Francisco. It's in the deep in the redwood forest. And I, you know, this is back in the late nineties. And so I made my own major and I was art, fine art, graphic design and film. And then I took video journalism classes as well. And so I would, I would scan, you know, scan the films, bring it into like their media composer editing software. You know, it was like my first look at that taught myself flash. And then, you know, my graphic design was just useless. It was just a useless program. It was all like fucking cutting out letters with exacto knives. And like, you know, it's just like all practical. And you're just like, dude, what's, what's, this is so dumb. Like this, yeah. this is totally different. And then I just caught a bunch of breaks coming out of school uh, using flash. You know, it's one of the, you know, that, that was the big movement movement in the late nineties was flash websites and shit. So I was deep into flash because it was the program that I could mix all of my different media. Cause I was doing sound mixing and video, you know, and film and graphic design overlays. And it was really inspired by trigger like triggered events. So you roll over this, it, it triggers a sound that sound triggers a transition. It just kind of takes you through. And then so from there, I, I, I worked in, you know, the dot-com boom you know, got me flown to London. You know, my first job out of college was in London at a place called Virtual Studios. And uh, they basically had a bunch of dot-com money. So they recruited all the top um, students to go work at one super company. And I was the only American out there. I was like literally like stoner weirdo streaker. Like I was a streaker. I was like public nudity kind of weirdo out of Humboldt. You know, come go to London and like, you know, jump in the studio with, you know, Dutch, Danish, German, English, Swedish, you know, my two roommates were Danish and Swedish and like some of the gnarliest designers who actually were really, you know, edit, you know, magazine editorials and like proper education and like proper training. And those guys just beat it into me. You know, th those are, that was my college. Amazing. You know, th those motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> our trips to Stockholm and like furniture design and like pointing out light fixtures and, you know, it's just like wow. really, really important part of the career was that chapter. You know, my, my career has been a, a series of really lucky events, to be honest. It's just like, you know, I, I met the director of Tron Legacy, Joseph Kaczynski, at a panel in, at FITC Toronto. And I was super hungover. It was just like, you know, just totally not with it. Just met him on the panel. And uh, he was like, hey, I, I really liked your, your motion design work uh, from the Flash days. Do you want to help me with you know, this feature film that I'm directing, you know, I designed some holograms and, and, and it just turned out to be like the most educational experience of my career because it was, I was coming from motion design at the time and went to go work at digital domain and they just beat into me like VFX pipeline, like motion design and VFX are completely different worlds. And so learned that, you know, if you're going to do CG, you have to lens information, you know, compositing, depth of field, motion blur, like camera settings pumped into the work. And it really got my motion design to go towards like a more, much more optical direction. Yeah. And that's stuck with me ever since. And, and the nice thing about working on that film was I got, to, I got to sit in, they were called dailies. And so you, you sit in a theater and, and, you know, there's like 30 people in the theater. And then in the front are Joseph Kaczynski and Eric Barba, the VFX supervisor. And we'd like watch them pick apart VFX shots for like two hours a day, you know? And it's just like, when would you ever get to watch that? You know, like yeah. just watching them pick apart shit was just unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's amazing so how much, you know, how much client work you've done. And what I found most interesting 
was recently when you told me that you're moving away from client work and now you're just focusing on the NFT space. How, is, is this true? Like you, you're basically stopping all client work and now you're going to just start doing some personal shit. Yeah. The only client work I'll do is live action because I love it. Yeah. You know, I love, I love walking on set, you know, 50 people, you know, grips and gaffers and cinematographers and assistant directors, you know, just that is the best form of adrenaline. I'm a kind of a, you know, kind of a, I'm like an ultra stoner mellow guy, but I'm also kind of an adrenaline, like hyper dude, <laughs> you know? So it's like a mix. So I, the adrenaline of being on set and running a set is just something I can't replicate anywhere else. So that's the only client work I'll do that. That and data viz. Data viz is actually, I'm really enjoying, I have a, a really dope team for data viz side of things. Um, just because it keeps me, you know, I don't want to lose like who I am. And I'm actually like have a big, big foundation in graphic design. Like if you, if you spend a year, you know, designing grids for, you know, Oblivion, for instance, you know, we designed all the interfaces in Oblivion and spent a year just like, you know, grid based, just fucking gnarly details, dots and lines and type everywhere. And that, that influence is actually probably more profound than anything else. Because when you're a designer, you, it teaches you just to fucking see everything you understand, you know, it's like it teaches, especially graphic design. It's all about symmetries and, and, and grids and layout. And I just have always, it's just such a impactful uh, influence on me. So data is like a really meaningful way uh, to express graphic design. I think with a story. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's fucking crazy. But this is the cool yeah. thing is like, now we can, you know, like maybe we start doing these types of things out, in the real world for ourselves instead of, you know, like for clients, like we do these data viz sets that people can walk into and, and, but it's like an NFT experience. Like I'm excited for, you know, the future of that and what, what that might mean for, for artists like yourself who want to start doing your own fucking mind bending projects. And you have these massive teams because you've been working with, you've been doing this client work for all these years. You probably have like a catalog of people that you could work with and, and pull something crazy mm. off in, in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, sometimes, you know, like for instance, we just finished a data viz project for GitHub and it's like, you would never get that kind of data from anybody, yeah. you know, it, it, like that's just like such a trove of, of data to, to beautify. And uh, you know, it's just, I think the, the key is just, we can all be so much more choosy now. Like I've, I've literally turned down, 95% of, of client opportunities over the past few months. And, you know, it's, it's Simonk all the way now, <laughs> That's crazy, dude. I'm which so is great crazy. because yeah, it's, it's like, I just, um, the, tr the truly meaningful work is ha it has to strike a chord, you know, it has to like, it's either a story, you know, it's either like a memory of, of the experience, you know, like me and, me and a bunch of buddies did an installation in, in Hangzhou in late 2019. And the, the adventure of going with like two of my dearest friends and building this fucking thing in Hangzhou, that adventure was something I'll never forget. Like it was just so fun and silly and surreal and ridiculous. Um, so it's either that or it's like something that that's it's triggering work that it has to like, it has to like strike a strike a chord where my, my, my body vibrates, you know, it's like something has to vibrate inside of me that, takes me back to all the heavy psychedelic usage I've done in my life. 
Yeah, you can see in the first Nifty Gateway drop, like what's the story behind shooting those things? Like the the textures on those pictures are amazing. The Symbiosi Mythologica, yeah, yeah, that that was a. you know, that shoot was, I, I'm obsessed with um, the elements, right? I, I think like one of my big obsessions is just nature and the elements, uh, earth, wind, water, and fire. And I wanted to immerse these Titans in the elements and then capture them uh, really, really high speed. I love high speed cinematography, uh, like, you know, a thousand frames a second with a phantom. And so it was just kind of creating these little vignettes of these um, elemental Titans and uh and just immersing them you know they're all they're all movement artists so getting you know taking a moment and 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 kind of stretching it out over 20 seconds in a moment that happens in two seconds you stretch it over 20 seconds it just kind of it, it you get you can kind of get lost in it i that's that was the goal i i do a lot of you know i, I do a lot of work with cymatics where we we vibrate you know we're, we're doing another big cymatic shoot uh soon and uh, I love like vibrating stuff and you, you, you vibrate it so violently that when you vibrate, it's like, and it's done. It's just like, Poof. and then you look at it a thousand frames a second. It's like 30 frames, you know, 30 seconds long. And you're just like, you know, it's just like, it's, it just feels so elemental and, and primordial in a way. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think my, the most important thing for me is just to always be learning. And I know that that's, that's pretty much how everyone says, but that's my adrenaline. It's just like, collaborating with the people I love. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of collaborators that are like brothers to me, you know, brothers and sisters and uh, collaborating with those people and then being uncomfortable in that collaboration. Meaning we're doing something we had never done before. And the first time you do that, it's always going to be fucked up and it's never gonna be perfect. But that, that's how you learn. Like, I can't tell you how many short films and music videos I've shot where I look at the final piece and I only see the flaws, but looking at those flaws over and over again, that's the best learning, right? Because you'll never make the same mistake twice. Exactly. Oh, dude. Yeah. Amazing. Do you want to talk a little bit about like this windows 10 background? Because <laughs> nobody realizes like when you, when you turn on a windows computer for the first time, like, and you see that desktop desktop background, like you made that. Yes. And I saw it today at the airport. I took a picture and tweeted it. Oh my God, that 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 work is like, you know, thank God I like it because, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because that, you know, you Google a computer monitor and you know, you'll see, you'll see that thing, you know, it's yeah. on everything. Um, you know, the brief on that was, was to make something timeless. And so my response to that was, okay, if it's gonna be timeless, it needs to be real. You know, it has to be a real thing. Um, and, and so we, we, you know, the, the windows, the windows logo itself is a perspective trick, meaning it's like tilted in perspective. And for us to like, get that to work with it, to build a physical space around that and to get that tilt to work was a really gnarly optical compression trick that we did, um, with, uh, one of the cinematographers I work with all the time, his name Dr. Picard. And uh, yeah, Dr. Picard figured that shit out. And then, um, yeah, it was all lasers. So it's all lasers kind of shooting through the window. And, um, you know, we, we lined the, the window frames with acrylic and had the lasers kind of hit those for that nice little glints. Uh, obviously tons of atmosphere. Yeah, it's real, you know, that's it's the same. So this is- I didn't realize it was real. Yeah. It's real, yeah, yeah. Wow. There's, it's all, it's all a, it's a photo. 
Um, you know, and, and we, we made some really wild ones, you know, like we made really wild ones, you know, reds and pinks and greens and oranges and long exposures of like, you know, we would have the, have the fog machine on the other side and we just blow this like wave of fog and then do a long exposure of like the, the fog spir- spiraling out of the windows, fucking amazing shit. But you know, you have to kind of, you know, they, they, they picked a simpler one. <laughs> yeah. you, you gave them a shit ton of options and this was kind of the yeah, one that they so chose. Many. Yeah, but, yeah, so I mean, many. So how yeah. many people you think have, have seen this? It's gotta be like a billion, right? A, a billion. billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over a billion, it's wild. It's wild. I can't, I can't escape it. But, um, you know, it's like, it, it was fun. <laughs> oh my God. I would get sued. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, um, you know, the NFT thing is interesting. Um, if we can make a living making whatever we want, that's like always, you know, people would, would ask me through the years, you know, what's your goal? And I would just be like, my goal is to just make whatever I want and make a living from it. You know, like yeah. that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Simonk a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that that is, you know, I don't think we've fully, fully made it yet, maybe. Um, but we're, we're working on it, you know? And I think if I can get to that point, then it's, it's going to be really awesome. Well, it's I think, really, you know, like yeah. I have so much faith, faith in this Inframunk drop. I think, you know, this is going to be your biggest one yet. And I hope so. Yeah. It's very I've big. Seen. It's, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff and, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I've seen, I mean, I've seen the work. It's amazing. And then I have, I've only seen like a few, a few previews of the book, but I'm excited to see more about that because I know you worked with Michael Cena on that and he's an amazing artist and, and graphic designer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's going to be, the book is going to be better than, than mine would have mine came out. So I'm, so, I'm stoked. I liked your book. We're going to have to trade, we're going to trade you a box set for one of your books. Dude, I'm going to fucking, I'm bidding on the auction. I hope I, I get something. <laughs> You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yeah. It's, it's been, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, before NFT, we would just get all these dope photographs, throw them on Instagram, make a little web page for them, sell a couple prints, you know, and and that's there's there was never and I actually had a few exhibitions, you know, but nothing like this where it's like this is like the hard, like the real, real the like the tight presentation where you know, get getting the traffic that it, you can get on on a nifty gateway, you know, it, it's it feels really good to just be able to put an exclamation point on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a huge part of my life, you know, the the full spectrum photography, we've been doing it for, uh, you know, over, over five years. Uh, we've done cinema, full spectrum cinematography. I'm really into thermal as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to, um, to Tycho, uh, about another music video, you know, with some stuff, uh, some new tricks and, Oh shit. Some wild shit. Yeah, we're we're talking because he's coming to the space. So it's like, you know, what what can we do in the space? I just, you know, I I just hope it it holds up. You know, oh, like man, I don't dude. know. I don't know what the long D Monk Tycho collab, dude. This could be Oh huge. yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I mean we 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 made a music video together in 2014. You know, we we did a really cool uh performance video uh, of, of the band in pure pitch black. And we, uh, took a connect and used the connect as a projector, 
um, and shot at full spectrum. So the infrared, we saw the, uh, basically a connect in order to track you, sprays uh, all these dots on you and then tracks the dots so it can see when you're, you know, your movements and stuff. So we captured those dots on the band as they performed. And wow. the ac happy accident of that is just the lens flares that you get from the connect in infrared is just like totally wild, like more patterns. They're like these circular, like pulsating more patterns. So we want to revisit that and just, you know, improve on the technique and, um, and just keep keep pushing, you know. I think every, Tycho enters space. I think a week or two after my drop in April. I think he's he's doing a drop in April. He's yeah, one of the coolest coolest graphic that. designers on earth, and also an incredible musician. Really nice, yeah, really nice crazy, guy. It's crazy. He's been doing all his his graphic design work and and the yeah. music. It's like you rarely come across an artist who does both, you know. The music yeah, he's and, and and the graphic design. Yeah, he's the best at it. Yeah. And um, does he, he lives out in California, right? So uh -huh. Bay area. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I can definitely see a collab going there with you. With you yeah. Guys. That'll be. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. We got ideas. Hell yeah. yeah I wonder like, what do you, what do you guys think of the NFT space in general? Like how, like, what does this look like in December? Yeah, I think, I think we're definitely going to hit a slow period at some point. I mean, it's excel. I don't think anyone expected it to accelerate as quickly as it did. Even the people yeah. who have been here for, you know, two or three years releasing NFTs before, you know, we got involved. I mean, I think this, this hype cycle came so quickly that at some point it's going to slow down for a bit, but I don't see, I see that as like, you know, there's going to be a lot of people coming into the space trying to take advantage of NFTs, but the people who, you know, are left behind are the people who will be here you know, years later when NFTs, because there's obviously right now we're in this massive hype cycle. So that will yeah. slow down. And then, you know, in a year from now, it's like, there's still going to be artists releasing NFTs. Digital artists aren't going anywhere. Like we're not going to stop creating art once. Nope. So it's like, this is, it's just an inevitable, inevitable, like evolution in the art cycle. I, I think, you know, like NFT, yeah. I, I'm going to start. I, I honestly think that when you go to a gallery and purchase, you know, a physical painting, it, their, their certificate might be an NFT because, you know, like that's, that's a fucking great way to validate that you purchase something. So yeah. I see like the art world taking advantage of this as well. Yeah. It's kind of like the currency of the internet and soon to be the currency of all art in a way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking about it? Like you, are you, I mean, obviously we saw people kind of like is the, the father of the hype, the hype cycle kind of brought so much attention on NFTs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the Sotheby's, uh, you know, Pac drop, uh, you know, and then what comes after it. And, I, you know, it's going to be interesting when we all start traveling again, you know, and shows are all over the place. You know, all of this happened while we were all, you know, locked in our houses. So, yeah, man, like that's going to open up like, you know, fucking Blau having concerts again in 2022. Like that's going to be wild. You know, like it's just going to be wild. Be NFTs everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be super fun. And we're, we're planning a bunch of experiential work as well in, in XR and also in, in robotics. So where we got, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. I think is like the future of 
doing these physical events because I've always been like, I, I, I don't know, just releasing an NFT to me always feels like I, I need to be doing something else, like attaching like a, some type of physical component or, you know, like some type of physical fucking show that's crazy with G monk robots and shit. Like, I think mm. that, you know, the, that's fucking exciting to think about people. Yeah. Yeah. People showing up from the real real world and like scanning a fucking QR code and buying the art right there at a gallery. Um, like I think that Boom. could be cool. You know, like Ethereum everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Flying around. Yeah. Now it's basically like you guys are funded. So you can as long as you guys are doing whatever you want to do and still putting out content that you want to put out for people to like experience and purchase, then like the the market everything should be relatively healthy and stuff should appreciate based off of just you guys being able to do what you can do so mm. um yeah it's a, it's a nice hype cycle this is like this is like pump up pump in some money now it's going another sprint pump out some more stuff do what you want to do yeah i was always trying to get into the fine art sphere and just never could commit you know to do to do it right it needs to be a full-time job you know, let, yeah. let's rewind a couple of years, like to do it right. It needs to be a full-time job. And I could never, you know, about directing and designing and building, you know, doing, doing too many things to be like, I am a full-time fine artist, not doing any more fucking, you know, Maserati commercials or, <laughs> or whatever, you know? And, uh, and, but, but now it's kind of like, it's, it's become so much more uh, accessible. You know, we've removed so many layers to just go right into it. And that's actually my favorite part of, you know, this kind of movement is, is everything so much more accessible. It's, yeah. it's so much more empowering exactly. for the artists. You don't have to deal with all this fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah, that's the hardest part about getting into the fine art world is there. It's like so fucking selective. And for the most yeah. part, it's like, you gotta know somebody to even get the fuck in. Um, and yeah. now it's like, you can be, you can be anyone start minting shit on Rarible where there's no gatekeepers or, or foundation at this point, you know, anyone that can get an invite code on foundation can start minting their own art. And then you kind of just have collectors decide if your shit's good enough. And if it is, then you have the same opportunity that every other talented artist has to be mm. able to put your work out and, and get, you know, collectors buying your stuff, which yeah, is fucking amazing. Mm, it is. It is. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. You guys are like ground level. You guys are first floor type of dudes too. Yeah. It's crazy to even think we're, we're even in this space. Like I feel very blessed to have gotten in when I did. Um, and yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people trying to get on these, the major, major platforms like Nifty and Super Rare, and they just can't get in because there's too many people applying and there's, everybody is so talented in this space. It's, very competitive to to get a slot on one of these platforms um so yeah yeah it's it, i feel blessed to be in this op in this opportunity you know yeah and i've been i've been making it a point to collect you know i'm, I'm just as proud as of my collection as yeah. i am about my own work you know like a really i've been i've been losing a lot of bids lately though i tried to get uh <laughs> alex troshu's genesis piece got outbid i'm gonna i'm going after tim sesenti's uh, Genesis piece. And the other cool thing is all of the, all of these cats are homies because I came up in the conference circuit, you know, I've spoken it over, probably spoken it over a hundred conferences, you know, dating back to 
2001, you know, the, the, the design conference circuit is a thing. That's where I actually met my wife. I met her in, at off Barcelona in 2013, you wow. know, like just been spoken off a million times, FITC, semi-permanent, uh, all, all of these, you've been all over the fucking world filled with like three passports, you know, just like <laughs> hustling. And, and so I've met all of these, all of these peeps at, at these conferences, saw Alex Troshu speak for the first time in Lisbon, 2007, in this like crazy underground, like underneath these, this bridge system, you know, like underground rad party. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, we were like in the, we were like in the, the fucking underground, you know, like underneath the subway or something, you know, it's like <laughs> underneath. And I just remember him so young, just showing all his gnarly freehand work back in the day. And, uh, you know, now he's coming out on super rare, you know, or Tim Sassenti, one of the, fucking coolest photographers on planet earth, Ruben Wu coming, you know, James Jean, one of the coolest fine artists coming now. And you know, it's like all, yeah. it's full circle, you know, all, it's, all the, dude, it's all tough the to compete. I mean, I've lost plenty of bids. Like it's tough to compete with the whales, man, because yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as they it's get no in, fair. You're, you're just fucking, you're like, I'm out. Peace. Uh, peace. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think, I think it's really important. I've actually, um, you know, I, I want to start collecting on Nifty now. That's my next goal is to start collecting on Nifty because, you know, I feel so blessed to know people like you, Mike, and and our our crew, our little our little sweet little crew. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's inspired me to, to start collecting on Nifty. I've been collecting on Super Rare, but I need to start collecting on Nifty and just put it move just move resources back in, you know, yeah, and support, support all the artists. I'm certainly going to go after uh, Tycho and Ruben. And, uh, you know, just keep, keep it. I actually, what, what I've been doing recently, I like, I'm basically out of NFTs now because I've been doing these giveaways in, in, a, in the Nifty Gateway Discord and buying all these fucking NFTs and giving them to just random fucking Discord people, like have them answer, <laughs> answer a question. And I've done it pretty much like every day for the past week. So Dude, I've I've bought so many NFTs and just given them away, which is actually really fun. And I'm enjoying it yeah. a lot because I feel like the people in that Discord group are like, you know, they're the people who can't afford the the huge one of one pieces, but but they'll be the first people there to buy an open edition or or something at a lower price point. So to give back to those dudes feels really good. And mm. I'm gonna I fucking agreed last night to give away a last stand of the nation state. So we're gonna have to figure that out, and that's gonna that's gonna put a big dent in my fucking pocket. But to give it nah, to, to one of those yeah. dudes is gonna be, you know, feel fulfilling. Yeah, we always talk about industry karma, you know, and, and it's a totally a real thing. And and you know, when you're on set or something, or even collaborating with other artists and just being a sweetheart, all love, no ego, you know, I I think giving giving back either good vibes good you know good collaboration opportunities um or resource you know i think all of those um you know in industry karma and just karma in general is so important uh in life you know you gotta can't be a dick you know you gotta be uh, a, a, you gotta yeah. be a lover you know yeah and i think you know i think that's probably the strongest part about nfts is like other artists buying other artists artwork you know supporting the the community and collectors like everything about this space feels very much so like one giant community that's all working together to make sure you know that there is some integrity here 
but obviously there's fucking cash grabbers that are going to come in, but, but they won't be here long. So, you know, I think yeah. that the people who are, you know, sticking together in this space are what's going to keep it alive for sure. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's fine, man. And I'm, I'm learning so much about kind of what constitutes a good piece of crypto art, you know, from everyone, just like looking sometimes the, the most simple ones, are the most profound. Cause I, th I think like a filmmaker. So I think about like editorial arcs and swells and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think as much in stills. I think much, much more in like emotional arcs and such, but sometimes the stills are the, are the most powerful because they leave it up to interpretation. You know, yeah. you're not spoon feeding them all, all of the vibes that you're supposed to feel. You just kind of like give them a moment, just like this frozen moment in time and let, let the audience kind of decipher all so the motives. Everything everything you've released been done with a camera or are there, are there some things that you've done? You, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Some things I do CG. Um, yep. yeah, the, the carbon drop piece was all CG. Um, uh, the piece I just dropped at, um, the, um, the chain reaction gallery, uh, drop that was, that was CG. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those was dudes at CG that I'll learn a technique you know, and then I'll kind of really design around a technique or a certain lens or a certain trick. Um, I, you know, I've been learning how to do smoke sims recently. And, and then of course I, I think about materiality and refractions and just different ways to, to fuck with the simulations. So I, for the carbon drop, I, I did a, a nice like VDB simulation in Embergen and then put three glass spheres around it. So it, the refraction of the simulation inside of the spheres actually made it wrap around the spheres which is uh, kind of a fun so you so you're still thinking of like somebody who's looking through a camera though right it's always like, yeah yeah always especially with with what you just described there it seems like you know yeah. something you would think about if you understood how a camera works which yeah it's something that i would shoot in my garage absolutely interesting you know where i would get some glass glass globes you know light some flames and <laughs> literally shoot it <laughs> inside a glass but it's like okay my I, I, I'm not set up for it. I'm going to do it in CG. And, um, you know, I became a, a an HP uh, brand ambassador a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And so they gave me like an incredible computer and an incredible monitor. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to learn 3D. <laughs> Might as well, dude. That, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I would, I didn't really know 3D. I, I used 3D to make graphic art, you know, like kind of psychedelic patterns and, you know, using lens distortions and, you know, dip, assigning color to vertices or faces and, and warping them. Um, but now it's actually, I, you know, when I learned 3D, like for real, for real, um, I, I just basically made a list that's okay. I never want to model anything. Like I hate modeling. It's just something I just don't want to do. I'm not interested in it, but I'm really interested in, in simulations. So water and air, um, fire, and so, um, you know, taking, taking the simulation, yeah, I've been learning a couple, uh, programs for simulations and on, and then, uh, some programs for uh, generating landscapes. So I don't want to like push and pull anything on a mountain, but I'll, I'll do a node-based generator to yeah. make a fucking crazy landscape that I would love to photograph. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, you're using Gaia, right? Gaia. Yeah. It's so yeah. fun. I, dude, so I've been, fun. been wanting to pull the trigger on that for so long because I've been using World so Machine cool. for so many years and uh, they haven't updated that shit in like 
forever. And I saw Gaia and I was like, wow, this dude is thinking about landscapes correctly. So, Oh, it's so fun too. Like it's just node based. It just, there's all these weird nodes that do all this awesome stuff. It's just, it's like the best, like literally some of my most favorite activities on any machine is to get super high and make landscapes in Gaia or simulations in Embergen. These are my two. (laughs) Just start like, that's good. I'm going to get Gaia next, dude. That's going to be my next software purchase. Um, yeah, it's super fun. I've been waiting to pull the trigger on that. Another yeah. thing I want to talk to you about was uh, your piece, A Date with a Hologram. And mm-hmm. what I didn't realize was that you shot that through a prism. So yeah. what does that mean? You, like you shot it through a prism. So she's she's on the left. Yeah. And then we basically had this like stair-stepped prism that we shot through. And when you rotate the prism, it basically takes a refraction of her and duplicates it, like stair steps it to the right. So when she's full, and then you kind of like slowly rotate it to make the effect kind of fully go as a, as a complete projection. So she's, she's like a light field on the right side. That's like, she's, that's a reflection of her from the left and then back. So it's just like a, a, just an in-camera, uh, trick. I love optics, you know, op- yeah. I, optics, I actually find really psychedelic because, um, you're bending anything in like the manipulation of light, not just like as a light, you know, illuminating a subject, but actually like bending light and, and pushing refractions and distortions and stuff is like one of my favorite camp, you know, favorite palettes. And so, uh, that's another me and Dr. Picard, you know, collaboration where we, we throw so much shit in front of the lens that, uh, but we, it doesn't, we don't want to just like make like a kaleidoscope or anything. It's more like controlled where we're going for a very particular effect. And uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with light fields. Yeah, so, dude, I, I actually yeah. love that piece a lot. Um, Thank you. Yeah, as, as soon as I saw 888 bidding on it, I was like, I, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> 888's a, he's a, he's a, he's a blessing. He's, he is, man. A, he's, a, he's a really good dude. I've, I've talked to him on the phone and we've texted and, uh you know he's just a good human being just all all the right reasons i i actually enjoy getting to know all the collectors um just to hear their stories and a lot of them you know when when someone buys a piece i'll I'll reach out to them on twitter uh and we'll usually do a phone call and we'll just we'll just catch up and i'll I'll understand kind of their story understand my story it's just fun to connect that way and um you know we're all very friendly people who are inspired um you know by creativity so yeah, it's and cool. um, cool these two dudes, Larry and Tyler, they got some G monks. So, um, <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. This is the call yeah. with all the open edition owners right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I will say this, you guys. I've. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing open editions on my next drop. I think I'm keeping the editions pretty small, but they're all drawings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and sure. and then, uh, yeah, because I, I think like. I, I, in the climate drop, uh, in the carbon drop, I got to know all the people from open earth foundation and then all the folks from render token. And they did, um, you know, they kind of gave me a lowdown of energy uses and stuff. And, and the open editions are, are definitely the most, um, they consume the most. And then, and then I'm just kind of seeing that these big editions aren't, you know, I, I feel like, you know, like what Alessio was preaching at the very beginning, uh, Mike, you know, I think that's yeah. the way. Or, or the totally the opposite end of the spectrum is like sell work for a dollar, throw it on the secondary market and just rip it up and do like 200 of them or something and just, you know, do it that way. 
um, which is fun, but I, I just don't know if I'm at that point yet, maybe in a year or so we'll the, do that. As the technology evolves, you know, people are going to come up with better ways to assess the environmental impact of, of NFTs. Oh, it's coming in within months, I think yeah, on Nifty. You know, uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of conversations with them and I, I, I think they're committed. I think they're committed, uh, genuinely committed to, I mean, every, everybody, we're all, you know, fuck, we're, we love our planet, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't it's, think anybody expected, you know, NFTs to, to, to go through this boom so quickly. So it's like yeah. all these platforms are now in a position where, you know, this isn't something that was even on their radar a few months ago when only a few, a few pieces were getting minted at a time. Now it's like thousands. So yeah. You know, now I like the idea of like open editions being kind of a reward for being an early collector, right? Like we're seeing a lot of artists pull back on open editions at this point because they've already done it a couple of times with Nifty. So it's like, you know, we're just going to go scarcity route now. And it rewards the, the early collectors, right? They got in and kept yeah. the pieces and held them. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Figuring out like the right thing to do in this space is tricky sometimes. So I, I confide in all the, you know, the, my, the, the slime Sundays and the thank you X's of the, of the scene to, to help me kind of do the right thing. Cause on my first drop, I just did eight open editions and it actually worked out like in the long run because I didn't actually sell too many of them. So it actually increased yeah. the value of them now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think you're always just learning along the way and, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Do think, you, do, do yeah. both of you guys, do you feel, is it, is it stressful figuring out like your drop mechanics or do you, is it, is there any enjoy, enjoyment it's in it or stressful for me. mostly stress? <laughs> uh, you it, know, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a good problem to have, but yeah, you want to, you want to like, you know, you can imagine that that Mike and myself are very we, we just want to win. <laughs> we want to win like we want to win. We want to beat the game. You know, we want to advance to the next level and beat the game. So it's like it's like de deciphering a puzzle of like, what's the right move at this point in time? Because everything changes so much like, you know, when when too much lag and Blake Catherine and and like th those like three drops in a row. Remember that? Remember those, those yeah. three Mad days? Dog Jones. Mad you know? Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was like too much lag. It was just like, I feel like that was the peak, right? Like that was like, like just the, the, yeah, that was the peak. And now it's like, we need to kind of find what's working well. Um, you know, but, but it's, it's, a good, I, think, it's I think drawings are kind of like the move at this point, you know? I think so too. Yeah. You can limit, you can limit the addition count to something reasonable mm -hmm. and, you know, price it and know that you know, if you do an addition of two hundreds per se, say you do that, you know it's going to sell out for a fact yeah. at this point. You know, like, and that keeps it limited. You know, an addition yeah. of two hundred is considered limited at this point. Yeah. Didn't Bill? Didn't Bill Ellis? Did I? Did yeah? He, he sold out. Like he did a bunch of two hundred, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, that was bold. I like that. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so I'm so bummed that his name is Bill Ellis instead of like Belice. <laughs> I was I was just praying that it was Bill Ellis when I just said it out because I think I've only said it in my head. So Billy Eilish. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like, like, dude, this guy's like some Greek, you know, some Greek <laughs> motherfucker, you know, like Belice or Belilis, <laughs> you know, making all these like skulls and butterflies and flowers like Belilis. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, it's it's Bill Ellis down the street making the fucking butterflies. You know, it just right. came out, Bill Bill Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually do think it's Bill Ellis. I, could. I think it is too. So yeah, one thing about me with these podcasts is I only have like a uh, hour before my mind starts going crazy. So yeah. So here's, well, we've already done an hour. That's crazy. We're at 56 yeah, so here's, minutes. Here's the thing. I want you to tell your uh, your best psychedelic story before we wrap this up. Just because I'm fucking Ooh. curious. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'll try. Okay. There's a, there's a few. I'll tell you three. Can I tell you three? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. 2008. Uh in los angeles me and my my friend k-dog who no one will ever know um we really dipped into the dimethyltryptamine world uh we 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 had a lot of it like like a lot like way too much of it not not at once but i'm just saying like a lot of it and 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 so like that whole year was like literally the the like my my career took a right angle like it was like (laughs) Before that, before that, it was, it was, I was in LA freelancing part, you know, it was, it was cool because it was a motion design scene, you know, 15 years ago where like, we were all way younger, you know, late twenties, early thirties, partying all the time with each other. Just so fun. Like just so fun. And, and so it was, it was like, I was the G monk brand was weak and it was just LA scene partying with my homies you know, just like ripping up all the hotels, you know, it was like basically in LA, you go to like all the hotels, you get a bungalow, you buy like fucking a pound of cocaine and you just like rip it up for three days at the pool, you know? And it's like, that was your life, right? You know, <laughs> maybe not that much, but you know what I mean? It was like the fucking yeah. you know, it's Perfect. But then, but then after that chapter of, of really, really frequent dimethyltryptamine work, it was just like, you know what, I'm out. Um, it's G monk, you know, focus on G monk. And it was just like, started, started kind of like really making the work that I wanted to make instead of just like fucking, you know, Pontiac commercial or, you know, know, whatever, you know, (laughs) Oh, just check out my new reel. You know, like all that shit was just out the window. And it was just like, focus on, you know, the real, the, the Cy monk, that was the birth of the Cy monk. Amazing. And, you know, just so many, it, most, most of the experiences were in K-Dog's living room on this ridiculously oversized couch and a TV. We put on all these like trippy visuals and just like zone out. And like one time we kind of, we kind of, you know, you're smoking the shit out of a crack pipe. It doesn't look good. Like none of, <laughs> none of it looks good. And, and it's like, we just like, we both did like really heavy amounts at the same time, which is usually we, one person sits for the other. And I just remember like watching the wall, his wall, just like push back. And it was just like, it was like the Apple commercial with FKA twigs, you know, it's just like, <laughs> but like, instead of like lights and shit, it was all like Egyptian hieroglyphs. It's, it's like, I felt like we really like transcended time and space. Like we really went somewhere else where there was like some shit going on. It was like, and we, and we both like yeah. after, you know, it, it, it doesn't, yeah, it's, yeah, it was like, but it was like so different than it normally is. And it was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. There was something happened here. And it's usually like, like the experiences are usually like, you know, hyper colorful, geometric. My, my stuff is very like, everything is kind of to be, and there's lots of eyes and tongues and faces. And it's like, you're kind of pulled back a little bit into like this three-dimensional set. 
and everything's morphing like really fast. Like everything's always changing and morphing and it kind of locks in and there's like this lights in your periphery. And it just kind of like you, you're almost like molesting your mind with like this ringing sound. It's like, you'll like lock into a face and then those like 10 more eyes. And then it kind of like grabs you. And there's a, there's like a flare in the corner. And it's just like this ring. And it just kind of like bleeds and just kind of like ring. And then like releases and changes again. That's like normal. <laughs> but like this time was like, it was like, it was like past, it was like centuries and centuries ago into like past civilizations in the past, not the future, it was like the past. And it was just like, whoa, dude, it was, it was like fucking Lord of the Rings or something. It was just like so different. Oh, we were tired. So that one, that one sticks out because it was just so different than the normal experience. So that was, that was number one. That was in K-Dog's living room. That sounds gnarly, number, man. Sure number like two. Minutes, but it feels like a day. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, it was like, it, we were just, we really did think we like traveled, we like time travel. It was like Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's, we like, we like, yeah, the, the, like the living room was our phone booth and like Bill and Ted style back into like ancient, <laughs> ancient times, like amazing. The second one was an ayahuasca setting um, in Northern California where it was a three day, it was a three day outing. And I remember the 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 uh, shaman's name was Th Thunder Bunny, and 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 Thunder Bunny would just you know the first day you kind of go easy, and then on the second day you just like you take the warrior dose, right? You take like literally five cups of this in five different moments. And I remember like after the fifth cup, I just remember like being so small and and like I felt like I talked to God. It was like the burning bush and Moses, you know, Moses talking to the burning bush. But instead of a burning bush, it was like this giant like piece, like this giant piece of geometry hovering over me. And it's like talking to me by vibe. It was very Tron-like. Yeah? It was like very geometric. And it was very much like a uh, uh, Terry Gilliam film. It was like Time Bandits or something where I'm on this like pedestal floating in like space. And this, this piece of geometry is speaking to me about my family and my, my relationships and just kind of like humbling me. It was like the death of my ego, where it was like I was so small and it was just kind of like suffocating me with this like really crazy presence, just kind of like screaming at me and just like kind of just dissolving all of my ego away, which was really, yeah, I think, I think that's actually what psychedelics do is they kind of burn away your ego, um, which I think, you know, my my outlook for the world is if everyone's vegan and everyone smoked, you know, hella cannabis and did psychedelics, we'd all be so much more gentler. We'd be a gentler people. You know, we'd be like an egoless, compassionate people, but that's very Preach. humble. That's Preach. very, that's very humble for you. Um, and then my third one, <laughs> my third one was actually at uh, a friend's birthday party uh, out in the vineyards in Northern California, where we got this, new type of, of DMT where it was, was kind of like this. Yes. Yes. But it was, but it was still, you know, it was, it wasn't quite like the, the toad poison, you know, it was like, yeah. you still smoke it in a crack pipe, yes, but it was kind of like this. Video. Yeah. But it was kind of like this dark red, instead of like the yellow crystal, it was like this dark red and kind of crystal. And that experience was completely black and white. Whoa. And it was, it was like, it was like, it, it was almost like I died and visualized what it would feel like to die. And, and it was like, it was like, I kept on falling through these black and white wormholes and then it would be like these little vignettes, very much like, um, 
uh, fuck, what's the Steven Spielberg film? Uh, no, it was like the Steven Spielberg film with Tom Cruise. Uh, oh my God, I can't. Like one of the coolest sci-fi films ever made in the 90s, what the fuck's it called? Um, with Tom Cruise, the, the precogs, fuck's it called? Uh, Minority oh. Report, Minority yeah, Report, yeah, yeah. Minority, Minority Report. Minority Report. You yeah. know, like you know, like when the precogs like, oh. are transmitting their their uh, their visions, and it's all scrambled and shit. It's all fucked up. It's like that black and white going through these tunnels, and there's like people all around you, and it's all like you know, it's like fully spatial, you know, binaural fucking audio experience. It's just like fully around you. It was all like about death and like your loved ones and karma and like the 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 reincarnation and transmigration and souls and soul passage. And it actually inspired um, uh, a short film I'm making um, for the off conference. I'm doing their title sequence for next year. And it's all about, you know, soul passage and transmigration. So um, that one was like, you know, the most profound psychedelic experiences for me when they kind of stand out on their own as like a, a moment where it's not just like, oh, I've seen this before and I'm kind of just back in my pervy light world. But it's more like um, it's it's like stands out. And I feel like when those happen, I feel like you're, you're passing through something. You're, 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 you're tapping into a different kind of energy that, that you normally don't. And it's just kind of like, you're like, it's like super speed. Sounds amazing, dude. I, I don't know if my mind would be able to, to handle that type of shit, but I love listening to stories about it because <laughs> oh, it's, it's so cool, dude. I, yeah, the, the, the 5MEO though, like the, the Sonoran toad, uh, that stuff is, is, uh, my, my, um, that's going to be a summer activity this year because <laughs> terrifying. No, 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 no. I think, I think that the, okay. What psychedelics do. I'm not an expert on this stuff, by the way, I'm totally not an expert here, but I'm just, you know, what I've learned through the years is what psychedelics do is they just, they unwrap you. They just show you kind of all of your demons. Like, dude, I've been in ayahuasca sittings where I've watched people, you know, dealing with drug addiction or post-traumatic injuries or events. Yeah, I've watched people melt, you know, like Raiders of Lost Ark style, like melting fucking people, uh, just like just ridding themselves of trauma, you know, just like yeah. crying it out and working it out. Just like I've watched it, you know, and what it does is it just unravels you like a flower and it just exposes all of that shit you carry in inside, like all that trauma or the negative, you know, vibes, just all of that stress and crap and and you have to confront it to defeat it right you have to work through sure. it to defeat it i just feel like it's like it's like it's like boot camp for your subconscious to like go in there and 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 confront those demons and deal with them that's a really interesting perspective um yeah so for you it's so i think there's nothing to be scared of because it's just you yeah. you know all you're True. seeing is your own your own subconscious mind and there's nothing to be scared of i mean that that's all just stuff that exists within you so you know it's it's stuff that actually is is quite illuminating 100%. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm certainly you know it's definitely not for everyone just it's just, just like cannabis isn't for everyone or yeah. you know yeah. alcohol isn't for everyone or you know well yeah. that was the best way i've heard someone verbalize an explanation yeah dmt is like full immersion you know full full like lose lose sense of self like your, your sense your of body self is gone exist. for your body doesn't exist for about five minutes. Yeah. But that five minutes feels like century. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, talk about like, yeah. Talk about, de talk about detail, you know, like, oof. yeah, like just, 
the amount of detail that you process is pretty pretty cool it's cool to hear where like the inspiration comes from too yeah you know I agree. where you're um like materializing yeah. ideas now based off of you know people can have some context where they're coming from i always think that's important yeah so it's like now every Monk piece you buy you're basically buying a g-monk trip <laughs> yeah, yeah you have you have the minute 14 uh second of my death spiral no it, it's, it's actually it's actually really true i just yeah i think there's a there's a there's a um there's a vibration out there that i that i that is like my happy place you know and 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 Cy monk taps into it in in many different executions that's the thing though it's like i don't i don't execute it just one way i'll execute it five different ways you know live action, uh, CG, installation, robotics, uh, infrared, full spectrum, you know, whatever, whatever it is at the, at the moment that I'm kind of feeling that that's the fun of it. I think that that's the fun of, of pushing yourself to be really diverse as you kind of just pick and choose or you mix and match, you know, uh, piece I'm working on now is going to be a combination of, of CG and live action and like a really interesting kind of fractal way. What I will yeah. say is for, you know, anybody who's listening to this right now, I would highly advise you to check out G Monk's website and just see what he has worked on over the years. And I think you'll, if you've never looked at his website, you're going to be pretty amazed at, you know, all the shit that he's done over the years. And I think that's important for people to know is like G Monk is fucking a legend. And I was looking at G Monk shit when I was first getting involved into creating art. And he was one of the first names that came up. So it's crazy that we're in the same space creating art. And yeah, I can't wait to see what else you do, man. You and your fake infrared Photoshop tutorial. Yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> I would see, see G-Monk's infrared shit and I was like, I need to just fucking, I'll do it in Photoshop. Won't be the yeah. same, but. <laughs> nah, I, and and I've, I've been a big fan of, of slime sunday and i love i love that band from the internet series so much dude it just reminds me of it just like reminds me of child it just reminds me of childhood you know stealing my dad's playboy and penthouse magazines mostly playboy uh from under you know finding the hiding places you know and like going through those with my friends when we were all like fucking 10 you know like that mixed with like photoshop clever like really clever photoshop work which brings me to kind of college you know it's just it's such a throwback experience looking at that work so i'm a big fan i didn't even think about that's an experience that uh, the younger generation will know nothing about yeah in the magazine hiding magazines around it's all nudie mags dude yeah yeah Yeah. that's what's so fun about like you can slime sunday again The other thing about that is like most of the magazines that, that I take or pull images from are all created with, with film. And there's yeah. something about film that is so much better to look at than, than digital photos for me. 100%. Least. Like 100%. film just has this, this, its own vibe, you know, and you yeah. really can't capture that any way else than to just yeah. shoot on film or fucking scan people who've done it. <laughs> I was, uh, I was at a color, doing a color grade sesh. Yeah. I was with a colorist and I kept on telling him like, make it sharper, you know, like make it more perfect, you know, make it cleaner, da da da. And then he, he was just like, dude, go buy yourself a film camera and only shoot film for a year and come back and talk to me. And so I did it. I bought a film camera. I bought a, a Nikon F6 and I shot only film for probably a little longer, maybe like two years and came back and it's just, dude, you're so right. Like fucking yeah. film is the best fell in love with so many stocks 
slide film, color negative, it's just like unbelievable texture and just the fall off, the way it handles light was actually really beautiful. And so, yeah, the film, I so, shoot 35 millimeter film, but I, I actually want to get into medium format film as well. One of, the, one of the things I found interesting about like the infrared series when I was, well, well, just learning about infrared, there was like this, this film stock that was created for the army or, or something. I, and this dude yeah. ended up like using that film stock. Richard was, Moss. Yeah. Yes, Richard Moss. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And he did yeah. that, that series out in like Africa with. So good. Dude, that is like the most amazing infrared. I've one of them. All on film too. Dude, it's so good. It's like pinks. And yeah, there's like it's a so dude good. with an AK-47 standing in front of these like pink flowers and shit. And it's just fucking crazy. So legendary shit. Yeah, I've been trying to get my hands on that film for a really long time. And it's, <laughs> yeah, there's it's like, really there's like none left. There's none left. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so Richard wait, used me, all of it. I need to learn how to shoot on film now. So I need to like do like dark room shit and stuff like that if I'm going to do film. No, 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 no. Get, get yourself. Honestly, dude. This is what I'm going to do next. I'm going to start you. taking my own pictures. Dude, yeah. I mean, you know, to do the pictures that you want to do, it's probably. Um, Hold on, one second. Go, go for it, dude. <laughs> okay, so this is your, this is the camera. Okay, so this is a Nikon F6. Yep. And you can get one of these on eBay for about a thousand dollars, and has a light meter built in. Is just the easy, literally the easiest camera to use, and it's and and then you just take your you take your thirty five millimeter film to a processing center. And it's like twenty five dollars. They'll 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 uh, process the negatives. They'll scan it for you. Take the scans as you know TIFF files, and you're done. That's it. Damn. That's it. Like go into a dark room and develop them and shit myself. No, right? no, 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 no. So if I yeah. wanted to use like that that Kodak film stock, if I ever found it, I could throw it in that camera. Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. Yeah, it's super easy. It's super super easy. And just get a good a camera with a light meter, so you're not fucking with that shit. You know that's. Just, you know, so it just feels like a digital camera. It's like totally, it's totally chill. It's totally yeah. chill. Yeah. I literally just, dude, I really want to shoot infrared shit, especially after seeing your stuff and the, the Richard Moss stuff. It's like, I could see myself getting lost in, in infrared. Like just who knows where the fuck I would go with that. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's always, it's always a surprise. That's the thing. It's, it's really, it's actually really difficult to kind of keep, keep control over things because you don't know what anything looks like <laughs> until yeah, you shoot. I'm it's it's very much like shooting film in a lot of ways because you just kind of don't really know what you're going to get until you're at the place set up for it, looking at it and you're like, oh shit, okay. For sure. <laughs> Nothing like I thought it was going to be. Um, dude, I'm so stoked for this drop. I hope I can get my hands on one of these books because I've, I've seen how much work you've put into it and you've always mm. hired like one of the most talented graphic designers in the world. So the book itself the coolest. is yeah. be amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm stoked for that, dude. Thank and, you. Yeah. And I'm running out of steam here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you've, done, you've done a great well, you job. Asked me a, you know, you asked me a very deep question. So that, that took 15 minutes right Oh, no, there. dude. I wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, we got to run. I got one last question for you. Make it a three-parter. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've, I've wanted to ask that question to you for a long time. So this yeah, is like yeah. the perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the, the key for me is to, um, I don't want to be just like someone who makes 
trippy art for the sake of making trippy art. You know what I mean? I want to make trippy art that's based on something, a feeling, you know, mm. and, and, and you normally the feeling comes from the music and just kind of how it works with the visual, um, you know, that, and it's all, and it's, and it's like, there's no, like, you know, we all know what, what blatantly psychedelic stuff looks like, you know, like Alex Gray was kind of the pioneer of like the first looks of that. And it evolved into the Android Jones, the Mars one, you know, then, then it got like much more illustrative, like the, you know, James Jean's work is psychedelic, psychedelic and it's, beauty and kind of complexity and it and its tropes um but for me it's it's more about like it's like the psychedelic world brought into the digital art like with a motion design influence you know or like a optical and, and an optical influence too so i'm always trying to do it in a new way that's my that's my big big goal is to do it in a, in a way that feels new yeah and it's like also your 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 pulling from past experience as well. So, I mean, that's, you know, unique in itself that you've actually gone out and done these things and you've had these experience, psychedelic experiences. So putting it in art is a really cool way to showcase your, you know, your past experiences with these things. So, yeah, yeah. everything in moderation too, you know, I think I'll, I'll still be doing heavy psychedelic work in my sixties, you know, but um, I just think it's good to kind of go back into that space and reassess, and, and, you know, just kind of look inside and, and just, you know, just kind of reassess. I'm, I'm starting a family soon. And so uh, there's a whole new chapter of, you know, that's going to be a huge test of patience and there's going to be a huge letting go of self uh, in that, in that process. So that's what I'm, that's the, what the Sonoran Toad and I are going to work out this summer. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to work, we got to work out some things to get me ready. <laughs> yeah. Changing diapers and shit. <laughs> going in i get ready uh do you do you own any faces you don't own any faces yet because you don't have anything on nifty gateway yeah i don't i don't own any anything on nifty right. yet I've, I, I've only collected on super rare so you gotta go buy six faces then <laughs> yeah maybe maybe yeah. slime maybe i could be part of that drawing that you're doing slime <laughs> on, on yeah, the discord dude, we'll, give you, we'll do we'll give you some give we'll give you some faces yeah you need some faces them? And you gotta burn them, and then when you burn your faces, you'll you'll get a very special, uh, unique artwork from us. Um, wow! Yeah, we're just trying to like, kind of limit the supply a bit so that you know collectors who are holding because we sold like I don't even remember what the number was, but it was like over four thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we just want to make sure that people who own those in the future, their the value will continue to climb. So we're gonna go ahead and burn as many of them as we possibly can. Um, and, and if you do burn something, you get something unique out of it. So I think it's a good, you know, it'll help people. Love that. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, thanks so much for hopping. Yeah. Thanks for, and, thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do it again. And, you know, if you want to come on sometime with your wife as well, because I know she's jumping into the NFT space, would love to interview her at some point. Sure. Um, let's do it. Yeah. So We'd love that. She got yeah. a nice Bulgarian accent too. So, you'll you know, sweet. Yeah. She's good. She's very talented. It's it's fun to be married to an illustrator because all the signage in the house is so so well done. You know, it's like <laughs> it's a sticky notes well and illustrations me. everywhere. Yeah, yeah she she good. just did her first drop. She just did her, her first sale today on foundation. Yeah. Uh Simone one. So all all one word. Uh one is spelled out. So it's Simone one. All all one word. How do you spell awesome. the first name? S-I-M-O-N-E or yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. 
All yeah. right, guys. So it's, you heard it here yeah. first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Simone won. Yeah, she's great. Very proud of my wife. She's 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 doing great. You know, it's good for hardcore creatives to be married to other hardcore creatives because then you understand the time you know that needs to be put into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, my my fiance is now involved in you know everything Slime Sunday. She's working for me and doing a lot of marketing for me. And then we spoke with Exulo, whose wife actually works with him very closely on his art pieces, which I had, I had no idea. That's cool. Yeah. It's like she, she's an illustrator, I guess, kind of helps out with some of the designs and stuff. So ah. um, found that out and we were like, Whoa, dude, I had no idea about that. So yeah, we've talked to a bunch of people whose significant others are work closely with, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. As long as the, as long as the DEA doesn't come knocking at my door, but, you know, <laughs> we're in, we're in California. We're chill. Hey, if you want to put your address on, this is your last chance. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, though. Yeah. Really, it's been great talking with you. Yeah, man. Right Thanks on. so much, dude. Thank, we, we definitely appreciate this. I appreciate we'll you. We'll pass guys. you a real blunt next time we talk. Yeah, yes. that's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Better, guys. All right. All right take care, everyone. Cheers. Peace, dude. Bye. Damn, that's nifty.